welcome to Life Pairings, where two Canadian alcohol connoisseurs mix life events and libations. Hello, I'm Carla Richards. And I'm Brittany Lysing. And, and this, this is, is Life, life pairings. pairings. Because life is hard. So pair it with alcohol. Sharpen your pencil. Make that cross or tick and vote like no one is watching you except for the entire world. Because today's life pairing is U.S. elections with white Russians. (laughs) We are discussing fortune tellers, North Korea, and lady voters. (laughs) Yay. Yeah. Uh, Should we say why we chose white Russians? It's because the white Russian is in charge of this election. (laughs) Really, it's just Putin, so... Um, you know, we're here. We're actually doing this. Uh, we usually record on Monday. We're recording on Tuesday on November 3rd for this election. Yep. So it is currently 7 o'clock PST time and 8 o'clock Mountain time. Mountain standard <laughs> time. <laughs> yeah. So we still don't know who's going to win. Um, hope Maybe when this episode comes out, we know. Um, you know? Who knows? Because they're saying but really it could be, it could be yeah. a month before anybody knows. Yeah. yeah. And this is like this is how influential this election is. I mean, it's just a, for the entire world. I feel like it is just a big thing. It's not just the Americans. Oh, yeah. Everybody's watching. Yeah, everyone is watching you, America. <laughs> <laughs> well, and the funny thing is, is I mean, by no means am I a Trump supporter or don't want him to get in. He's not the guy mm-hmm. I want to win. But mm-hmm. <laughs> boy, if there was anybody else running. Oh, against know. a 79 year old man with potential dementia yeah. i mean and it's just like and it's two old white dudes like no one yeah. is like the one with i'm not sure which one has dementia sorry i thought they both had dementia no trump's fine he's just an asshole uh, J- joe biden he? oh yeah he doesn't uh, have dementia he's just a jerk <laughs> okay he's like a little get a little uh distracted it kind of sounds like you know when you're talking to your drunk grandpa like when he's 85 oh yeah he's but i mean like if you listen to him talk from 20 years ago that's how he sounds oh yeah i guess so but he's sometimes he's very cognizant like cognizant cognizant would cognitive cognizant and cognitive would be if he was very like alert and aware yeah and like well-spoken like i've heard him be well-spoken it's always very strange yeah i think he plays that down i think well i don't know anyways but who knows what's gonna happen who knows currently in the pod as we're podcasting like carla said it's seven o'clock pst time eight o'clock a mountain standard time uh biden has 131 uh electoral college votes and trump has 99 so biden is currently in the lead but uh trump is slated to take texas florida and what looks to be pennsylvania so (laughs) this could be problematic (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so i guess uh we can talk about what we're kind of yeah like what does what i I mean think it it is important we are kind of doing the u.s election yeah um so what does that sort of mean for you as an Albertan, uh, but also as somebody that travels to the States quite a bit? Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, this has been hell in, what is it, brim, <laughs> brim fire? Hell in a something bad. It's not been good, like the last yeah. four years, you know? 
it's been uh, kind of a, a, just, uh, <laughs> a crap. clusterfuck. Yeah, it's been a cluster <laughs> dumpster fire. Yeah, it's been a dumpster. Got a lot of words. There's a lot of words. <laughs> I mean, 2020 in particular, but the last four years, I like when Trump got in, I cried because mm-hmm. I felt like to me it was like an entire nation was like, uh, we're okay with treating uh, women like shit. We're okay yeah. with locking up uh, Mexican children. We're okay with, and none of that should be a surprise, but I think in that moment, I really thought that they were going to make the right choice. And according to right. the popular vote, they truly did. Yeah. But so slightly that he won the electoral college. And so, I mean, for me, uh, we're influenced a lot by the American um, system and entertainment and politics. And like Canada is very, uh, we depend on a, a lot of uh, internet or, you know, binational trade. or international. I guess it would be international trade between the two of us. Yeah. Uh, Alberta specifically relies a ton on um, them buying our oil, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, one major thing for us this go around is. I don't want Trump in, but Biden opposes the Keystone Pipeline, and that's a major problem for Alberta, especially with the economy the way that it is. So right. it's, I mean, it's we're so, we're sister countries, we're so tied and linked to one another that I feel like, you know, maybe they don't give a shit about what we do, but they're like right. the older brother that like what they yeah. do actually does have a huge, big, um, uh, major repercussions in this country. So. Mm -hmm. I think we watch, for me specifically, I I watch pretty closely and see what's happening, you know, and I have family in the States and uh, spend a lot of time in Montana. I spend a lot of time south of the border. So, yeah, I this means a a great deal, I think. I think and and unfortunately, and a little embarrassingly so, sometimes it overshadows even our own elections because we're kind of a little bit more stable, I think. Yes. So, yeah. For me, I feel like, oh, you know, like, yeah, I'm paying a lot of attention to this, but it's kind of, it's kind of like you're watching a car in a movie when it like slams on the brake and gets to the edge of the cliff and the whole family shifts to the back of the car to try to crawl out the windows. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's what this election is for me. It's so like, yeah. what's going to happen and what's America going to do? Like, they really are our neighbors and our, our, um, uh, you know and, and what they do affects us a lot so yeah sorry go mm-hmm. what does it mean mm-hmm. what does this mean to you um very sort of similar um obviously it, it has repercussions in for the entire world i mean they are a very large country they are very influential still um and it's kind of been weird the last few years i've been having to watch a lot of between the u.s and the uk elections yeah. and like the u.s uk referendum I feel like in the last few years, it's getting pretty dire out there. Like yeah. Canada is actually, you know, we've we've got a liberal government. I just uh, voted in the local uh, provincial election here. We have like the, yeah. the liberal, liberal, liberal government in. <laughs> yeah. So it makes me feel a little bit safe. But watching everybody else seem to go into this weird ostracizing, um, you know, the me, me, me kind of my country first is very upsetting and right stress inducing and so yeah it's uh and also like my husband is a huge political nerd <laughs> and so i mean we had to cut down on how much cnn he watched that is true i can attest to that i was like i've there's been many times i have been over to the house and carlo's been like no more cnn 
<laughs> MSNBC is off. <laughs> um, it's just because at a certain point you can't watch that much news without it fucking with your brain. No, it's absolutely information overload because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's, what you can do is vote. You can vote. Yeah. You can write letters. You can attend rallies. You can fight in your small section of the world to make it a better place. Yeah. But knowing everything really isn't helpful no it's it's almost like i mean we were talking before we started recording about what does this mean how many votes does this but 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 and then it's like you know what why do i know all this shit (laughs) exactly like i stood at the top of my stairs for 20 minutes today trying to remember where i left the scissors because i was like trying to (laughs) cut something and i put them in my somewhere i found them in my bedroom but I'm like, I like understand the electoral college, but I can't find scissors yeah. in my house. And it's because I'm just like completely overwhelmed by this madness. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. It's not good for our brain. It's not good for our brains. I like there. I think you and I had a conversation like 100 years ago um, about, you know, that sort of the, the temptation to have be have that ignorance is bliss is some in these situations. It gets so high that you're like, you know what? I kind of understand the people that are just like, well, Trump says this, and then I just go do that, and that's all I have to worry about, and da-da-da-da-da, now I'm off to just do my normal thing. Like, it, sometimes you're like, oh, okay, I guess, you know, maybe that's what I can do, but then I can't because, you know, obviously. Do you know what I, I hate about my intellectual level is that I'm <laughs> just barely above stupid. If I was <laughs> stupid, I'd be so happy, but I'm like one fucking point above ridiculously dumb. <laughs> like I'm almost illiterate and I like if anybody who's ever texted back and forth with me is like you write at an 8th grade level. It's <laughs> embarrassing. And you know what if I was just and I like that does that part doesn't bother me. It's like the yeah. thing that pushes me over to like understand what's happening in the world that makes me so right. sad is like I have like a, the slightest of understanding of things, which is like barely above stupid. But if I just register just like a little point below, like yeah. on a scale on a, some <laughs> sort of like intellectual scale, I would be so happy. You yeah, I know that's the thing. You just run around being like you know, like the Homer Simpson kind of like yeah, like just gadoying everything. Think of all the things you could not think about. But I mean, that's not my brain. That's <laughs> oh no. I mean, I'm an overthinker <laughs> and an underdoer, quite frankly. Yeah, I think oh, yeah. I think sometimes <laughs> I so overthink things that like it reflects my like it looks like I have a poor work ethic when in fact all I'm doing is obsessing about something so much that I just yeah. like, talked myself out of doing it. Yeah, and I think that's a huge problem, especially with this information overload, is that I feel like there's so many things that are wrong. You you know, you should be in marches, like you said. You should be voting. You should be sending letters and da-da-da-da-da. But then you have 15 different things spouting different information at you, and you're like, okay, I don't know which one I'm supposed to do. Like, just, just someone can, someone just be in charge of my brain. It's basic. Your literally basic function is an overwhelming amount of things to do in a day. Like by yeah. the time you get home, make dinner, have a shower, clean your house, get ready for the next day. And then like, and then like, you're like listening to a meditation app. That's like, shut it all off. <laughs> I did meditate. Today. Yeah. I was like, they even have like on headspace, they even have like a, um, meditation for the election, <laughs> even if you're not American. So they obviously know their uh, 
Oh yeah, their clientele. Well, they're like, "Hey, you spazzy fucks, just close yeah. up." But like, it is funny in that moment. Like, that's truly what you need to do. Is you do need to ha- shut it all. Up. But you're mm-hmm. like, your your basic function is enough to like stress just anybody out. And then in, we live in this information overload age, where I think that none of this is good for us. Like. No. It's making me forget where the scissors are for 20 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think, so the whole reason, too, I think that we, I'm abnormally stressed about this election than I am about, uh, than I have been about most elections. Right. I think because everything has gone so badly this year and the year before and the year before. I will also make the argument that we just know about it. Like, it's not like. We do, but the COVID thing is not, that's. Oh, specifically that is specifically yeah, like that i'm not it's not okay but it's also <laughs> i'm not okay no one is okay but this is and the so thing too adds more. it does add but this is like you know i know every stat you know because i get up yeah. and i look at it in the morning and that's like an unhealthy it's an inf- yes people are dying but not as many as they thought were gonna die and not in a way where we need an update every day yes yeah, I know you were giving me data the other day and I was like, I and then you and this, this is the other thing is, too, is it's going to be different in every freaking news source. So the stuff you were giving me, I was seeing other stuff and I'm like, OK, well, now I don't know what's happening. Well, that's another thing is you get it, you, all the information gets totally twisted around. So you're just like, oh, my God. And also just like, uh, you know, this is a funny thing. Like the, this is like a kind of a, outside the box, but this is what we're talking about. COVID. Is they're giving these provincial numbers, right? And the provincial number right. sounds huge. But when, right. like, when you lived in Calgary or now that you live in Vancouver, are you like, for me, I'm like, when would I have ever grouped myself with Edmonton? Like, right. th- it's a three hour <laughs> drive, and I'm just like, there's 437,000 people who are dead in Canada. And they're like, that's not true. That's not even the real number. That you didn't, that's not happening. And then, like, so you're like thinking about this national number, and then you're thinking, about, then you bring it yeah. down to a provincial yeah. number. And then from provincial, you're like city, and then you go, okay, like, still not good. Still, everybody wash their hands, wear their masks. Everybody yeah. be safe, social distance. Let's limit functions if the numbers are getting out of control agree a hundo percento however yeah it's not my business what's happening in fort mcmurray (laughs) (laughs) right yes and that's that's the problem with the 24-hour news cycle is obviously they need to have stuff to talk about um i'm obsessed right now with the newsroom which is aaron sorkin's um tv show from i don't know maybe it was like Six I loved ago. it. It was so fantastic. Um, so good with Jeff Daniels and just like an amazing cast. But I mean, they really do kind of talk about having this whole uh, the, when you have the the panel yeah. on, and obviously you need a panel because you can't just have one person talking for twenty four hours and just keep switching people. You need to have some kind of interaction. I understand that from an entertainment whatever point of view, but like the fact that you have to have like one pro and one non-pro and they talk about this in the show about having like just because you have to have opposing opinions it makes it so that sometimes you're just arguing with a dumb person and a really smart person well and it's just going back and forth and you're getting these combative uh, you know points being made and then you as a person then have to side with every and this brings us back the circles us back around to the election it's truly like Mm -hmm. it's this combative thing everyone's seeing 
their version of the news all the time, specifically with social media and with, you know, like different news cycles, you're literally seeing exactly what you want to see. And if you, yeah. And you can pick which news source that you want that you like better because sometimes they say better things. Yeah. And then truly you're like, if you're a person who's like trying to be a little unbiased, trying to get both news sources, which is I try to do, then you're driven insane. (laughs) Like, like you just meant, you know, like you mentioned, (laughs) because you're trying to be like, you're trying to be like a rational person, you know, like all of this sort of in my mind can be boiled down to a point that the crazy driver at my elevator job 15 years ago, he was a very neat guy. And, um, I want to say that his background was potentially like Eastern European. One time we were talking and I mentioned something and I said, Oh, did you hear this in the news? And he's like, Brittany, I don't watch the news. And I'm like, okay. And he's like, my doctor says it's not good for me. And I was like, okay. And then he was like, you know, when I was a boy, he's like, I lived in a small village and you know what? I didn't know anything outside of that village. I only knew my family and my friends. And when there was something bad happened in the village, everybody banded together to help to make it better. And bad things only happened every once in a while. And they were in this little microcosm. And because we were a community, we could solve those problems together. He's like, now you know everything and every nook and cranny in the world he was like i can't help if there's someone starving in this i could try but how can i can't be personally responsible for all of these things all the time and he was like i was so happy when i only knew my village when i only knew the people there and could help them and he's like and you did you always helped you always pitched in but i think with all this information and all these choices and that are like put upon you that you can't really do anything about. It's yeah. overwhelming. And then it takes away from your ability to then do anything. Yeah, like truly, you. like if you just were a good friend and a good family member and a and a good employee and, you know, and you shoveled your neighbor's sidewalks when it was cold and everybody just did that. Yeah. You could fix little corners of the world. Little tiny spots. Yeah. But I think with like these big moments when we're so overexposed to everything, we feel uh, helpless. Like we. Yeah. And it's a privileged position that we're sitting in because we can do that. You know, we are not in a situation where we don't have access to food. We don't have access to clean water. Absolutely. But you making that point proves my point that that's like an insane thing to know that all the everywhere someone is dying. Someone (laughs) is starving. No one has water. But that's what I mean is like that, you know, it's that 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 pull because you want to be able to use your influence in a more um, privileged position to help other people. The problem is, is we just have so many well, things. Yeah. And so we can't help locally. We can't help nationally. We can't help in the world because, yeah, okay, fine. You donate 500 bucks to something. That's like a, you know, a drop in the pan. It's not. It's also like so, pick your cause and then be overjoyous about that. Yes. But I also am not one of those people just in general. I mean, today I probably did 700 different things and that today was like a fairly focused day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I can't, I can't even read one book at a time. I have to have like four different oh, books on the go. So, 
Um, but anyways, okay, let's. So we kind of this is there, that was a lot of psychology stuff in there. Have you got no, that was kind of like more? I mean, I I have something that I could just sit and read, but that was truly that that was that yeah. was our own personal psychology. That, but I think that's <laughs> what a lot of people are feeling. It, it's it's um unease and um and over yeah. uh, saturated with information and uh, and and yeah. also just like a political uh you know a big election means that potentially your situation will change and that's a that's a heavy weight to bear i suppose yes yeah let's do some history because if one thing is comforting is that everything is just goes in a circle (laughs) we've been here before guys (laughs) (laughs) and we'll be here again in 100 years nothing ever changes um oh by the way uh we're now at 131 biden trump 109 is that counting texas okay okay i don't know (laughs) i'm not looking we can't look at the numbers i gotta gotta run a podcast (laughs) Uh, (laughs) i'm like i am looking at the numbers okay go ahead (laughs) okay so i'm going to talk about the 1872 election are you uh, familiar with 1872 Um, well, I think you know what is okay. I I I am <laughs> aware of the eighteen seventy two election, but go ahead. Yep. Oh, you are okay. Cool. All right. So this is an election with a female candidate running for president, an African American up for vice mm-hmm. president, a woman who got arrested for trying to vote, and then one of the candidates died before the election <laughs> was over. So very exciting. I was just going to talk about the election, but then I got pulled into this whole world of. Um, this badass woman named Victoria Ooh. Woodhull. And uh, she was the one that ended up running for, or trying to run for president in 1872. So this is her little story. And then we'll kind of work everything else in. I promise to connect <laughs> it all. Uh, she was born in 1838 in Homer, okay. Ohio, which is nice. Uh, her father was not a great guy he posed as a doctor and a lawyer so not a doctor or a lawyer but he posed as one and the mom not not you guys it's perfectly fine to be a doctor and a lawyer if in fact you are a doctor and a lawyer (laughs) otherwise yeah no no so he forced her and her sister to work as revivalist child preachers and fortune tellers throughout (laughs) their childhood so that sounds that like sounds like something I get nonsense. sucked right into on the side of a road. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, this child is telling me about God. Okay, <laughs> tell me my fortune. Uh, she was married at fifteen, pushed by her parents. Uh, the husband, Canning Woodhull, was a drunk and a morphine addict who kept her in ragged clothing and starving poverty while he treated his mistresses to champagne and fine foods. So again, just going from high point to high point here for her. <laughs> She had two children with him. One was unfortunately brain damage, which she blamed on the husband's drinking. She managed to actually divorce him, which this would have, at this time, no matter what your class, this would ruin your reputation. Women could not divorce right. men. But she did. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, if you won't divorce me, I'm going to have to divorce you because I can't stand to yeah. be here any longer. Mm-hmm. Uh, she married a second time in 1866 to Colonel James Blood, who was a Civil War hero and a spiritualist. So spiritualists, this was, I don't know if we've actually talked too much about this. We talked a little bit about seances, I think, at one point. But spiritualism was like a huge thing in this sort of 
late 1800s, early 1900s. Um, they believed that they could commune with the dead and that they had helpful angels in their presence. This is like that whole, like, you know, you sit around a table and the table moves. Yeah. <laughs> Definitely not theatrics at all. Um, there was a Canadian pr- prime minister that used to conduct seances all the time to talk to his dead dead mother yes. to try and g- gain insight on how to, for just t- policy. Uh, they also the Reagans did that with um, astro- astrologies and astrologists. Oh, really? Yeah, the Reagans are a we. <laughs> oh God, the worst. <laughs> There's something else. Uh, anyway, so this husband actually encouraged her into education. I mean, she, I think, got, like, two years maybe when she was little. Um, and also her interest in women's rights for her and her, and also encouraged her and her sister to move to New York. Uh, so out of the, you know, Bible Belt crazy revivalist child preaching area. And to New York, her sister Tennessee and her worked as spiritualists. So they were the ones that would conduct these seances and say they were communing with the dead and da 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 da. da. Um, sorry, that was my phone. That was what? Oh, okay. Sorry, I have to interrupt because our our uh, political correspondent fr- fr- has friend of the out. podcast. You know her, you love her. It's Lena yeah. Newman. Lena, yeah, she's texting me. She's gonna send us some projections. Oh, I like it. Good job, Lena. Now she's on on the on all the things she's on fox she's on cnn she's on cbc she's watching all the news channels that she has you're making it sound like she is on cbc and on fox (laughs) i was like that'd be gets around she's in her house but i think she you know that's fine she's doing the work of of a Um, a, a newspaper lady (laughs) uh she apparently new jersey has just been projected democrat it's like breaking news let's come back to that anyways Breaking news, New Jersey is Democratic. Also, the subject of a former uh, Sopranos episode, right. if you want to check that out. Um, I don't know if Tony Soprano would vote. He wouldn't <laughs> vote Trump. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Yeah. Let's get back to this other story. So anyways, uh, so yes, they would work as spiritualists, and they actually kind of caught because it is a little bit of a conning kind of thing. Cornelius Vanderbilt, who is a railroad and shipping millionaire, who became a client of theirs. He, I think, again, wanted to talk I to I just mom. love the name Cornelius Vanderbilt. What a dunce cap. <laughs> so fancy. He actually set them up in business as stockbrokers, and they were the first women to run their own stock firm, stock bro- okay. brokerage firm. Uh, so with the funds from this brokerage, they set up a radical newspaper, and they were actually the first to publish the Cam- Communist Manifesto oh. in that. Uh, some things that she she believed. She didn't believe that monogamy and marriage was a realistic goal. <laughs> <laughs> Which nothing says, like, I'm going to cheat on my husband, and that's <laughs> happening. Um, I just, she just, like, sounds like a badass bee to me, to be honest with you. She just was like... yeah. She also had a crazy opinion that she that the government shouldn't interfere with the rights of any individual, man or woman, black or white. I like this bee. Yeah. She advocated for legal prostitution. Still like her. She turned uh, or had the term sexual slavery where 
the husbands could be unfaithful, but the women were ostracized for the same behavior. So basically women were caught in sexual slavery through marriage. Right. And she actually testified at the House Judiciary Committee for Women's Suffrage. Oh. Now, I think some stuff has come out since then. She's probably a little racist still. Um, so, like, I, I, 100% she's not, like, the greatest lady. But, I mean, she did a lot and, you know, spoke up for a lot of things. It was very, very controversial. Right. Time. She was just like... I mean, you can't even say now that you should legalize prostitution. No, I... <laughs> I enjoyed last week's podcast um, where Victoria kept calling herself a radical centrist. (laughs) (laughs) Because there's just like, you have to have this like hard, fast opinion on everything now or else you're just like, so she was like, I do claim to be a radical centrist. (laughs) Like she said it like three or four times and it would just crack me up every time. All right. So the election, the election day was November 5th, 1872. So she ran for president this was 136 years before Hillary Clinton first ran in 2008. Oh, wow. Yeah. And Woodhull couldn't even vote. Women weren't allowed to vote until 1920. So this is like yes. 50 years almost before that. I just wanted, like, I don't know how this turns out, but I do mm-hmm. love the idea of the vote coming down to one vote and she wasn't allowed to cast a vote to vote for herself. <laughs> <laughs> They're like, God damn oh, it. the irony. You're like, sorry, sweetheart. Um, <laughs> out on your ass. <laughs> she ran under the Equal Rights Party, so formerly the People's Party. Uh, this is, uh, okay, we're going to have to def- descend into a little little, little education okay. time. Okay, so she ran against Ulysses S. Mm-hmm. Grant, who we, you know, fairly con- well-known name. He was a Republican, and against the Democrat, who was Horace Greeley. Now, this was back when Republican kind of meant sort of Democrat and Democrat meant Republican. Okay, so this is kind of, so back, the Republican Party is actually, uh, was created to uh, stop slavery from expanding. Okay. So, not what we normally associate the Republican Party with. Kind of the opposite of the Republican Party these days. Yes, exactly. So um, back kind of in the day, well, back around this time and back sort of when this all came, like Abraham Lincoln was actually the first Republican president. So again, not somebody you would associate with the Republican Party. Right. Um, But the parties back then were not sort of this liberal versus conservative that we have now. They had a lot of ideas that were sort of on both sides. So it was a much more diverse ideology for both parties. So what you're saying is we've devolved. <laughs> okay, yes. cool. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. Um, between the Civil War and World War One, so after this this sort of time, um, they w- the Republicans were more likely to support investing in infrastructure and relief to the poor. But... They did not respect immigrants. They supported imperialistic foreign policy and were unsympathetic to the working class. So then around 1912, 1932, um, there's sort of the more um, what we kind of associate with now, this small government pro-business mentality. And especially when Franklin D. Roosevelt came in, he presented himself as a much more liberal candidate and he was a Democrat. So that kind of pushed everybody two opposite sides so because he was the liberal candidate 
and was a Democrat, the opposite party kind of had to go a little bit more conservative. Right. And so that's kind of how it's now evolved into this crazy time now. And like even the sort of evangelical um, the support that they get, they didn't even have that until like the 60s. So anyways, that's that's what's happening in before in 1872. That's why the sort of more liberals are the opposite. Right. Okay, so Victoria Woodhull and the Equal Rights Party chose Frederick Douglass as a uh, to run as the vice president. He was a former escaped slave turned abolitionist writer and speaker, but he actually never agreed to run for vice president, so she was kind of running <laughs> for president and saying he was going to be her vice president, but he was actually doing stump speeches for Ulysses <laughs> So, um, But still, African-American, that's, you know... Yeah, it's he, 1872. 72, yeah. So, um, also... The Constitution requires a president to be 35. She was 34. So she's just not paying attention to rules. <laughs> she's like, hey, just so you know, I don't give a frig about any of your rules. Yes. And then actually she was incarcerated on election day for the next month because three days before the election, her sister and her published an article in their newspaper about a minister's alleged adultery. And they were arrested on charges of indecency for publishing an obscene newspaper. So they were reporting on a like a religious minister adultery and and they got arrested for reporting on <laughs> That's um that sounds typical, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh they were ultimately found not guilty, but the press really vilified uh Victoria and she did not receive any electoral votes and they don't know how many popular votes she would have gotten. So, but she ended up moving to the UK and was one of the first ladies in England to own a car. So, okay. you know, kind of ended up nice for her. Back to the election. Yeah. Um, during this election, suffragette Susan B. Anthony persuaded election officials to accept her voter registration, even though she was a woman and, as we just said, couldn't vote back then. Because under the 14th Amendment, which granted citizenship to all persons born and or naturalized in the United States, she should be able to vote because she was a citizen, right? Right. So I love this idea of there's just like three men and they're like, you can't vote, you're a lady. <laughs> and she's like, I uh, I would like to bring up the Constitution and it's the 14th Amendment. And they're just being like, I'm confused and I don't understand this lady's yelling at me. Okay, fine. You can fine. vote. Um, you can vote. <laughs> So her and 14 other women voted in this election. Uh, she was arrested two weeks later for voting in a presidential election and was convicted for voting illegally. Oh, my God. I know. This, you know, she uh, can't catch a break. I know. She tried. But that's pretty cool. I mean, she, like, broke a lot of rules. Like, <laughs> you don't, but, like, rules that were stupid. You know what I mean? Like, and she believed oh, yeah. in these really yeah. progressive things. Like, she's, like, really did a lot. At, yeah. In 1872? I know. It's crazy. So now to top all this off, so you've got a lady running for president. You've got an African-American not really running for vice president, but kind of in name. You got another lady breaking the rules to vote. Um, and then you have Horace 
Greeley, who is the founder and editor of the New York Tribune and was nominated by the Liberal Republican Party <laughs> and the Democrats. So he was running as a Democrat, but a, a fraction of the Republican Party had broken off because they were more liberal and joined the Democrats. It's all very okay. confusing. Anyways, his wife had returned from Europe ill, and so Greenlee actually had to stop campaigning on October 12th to be with her. So right, you know, two weeks before election time. And she actually died on October 30th. <laughs> so, yeah. And then after the... So then then we have the, the popular vote, um, but this is before the electoral college vote. So, I, I mean, obviously they don't have the technology that we have now, so to do the electoral college, I think they actually like had to wait for people to then go and pass their votes and count them. So he uh, lost in the popular vote, and then he died. <laughs> like so immediately, they actually hadn't uh, like like a couple of weeks. <laughs> um, they were going to do the. It sounds like they were going to do the elect. Uh, sorry, the electoral college vote sort of at the end of November. So. After losing the popular vote, he actually tried to go back to running the uh, Tribune, but they, they, were, they had decided to unseat him, and he couldn't sleep, so then he went into medical care to an asylum. This is around, like, the middle of November, and then he died November 29th. Good God. So, before anybody could cast the electoral votes. But, like I said, because he lost the popular vote, it was, there wasn't, he wasn't going to win, but his... The majority of his electoral votes had to be like passed off to other candidates. Oh, because he was no longer living. Because he's not. He is not among the living. He's not among the living. Nor the electoral vote college. (laughs) Yeah, so that's the uh, 1872 election. It's like. Also kind of a cluster. I was going to say, and (laughs) none of these people had to hear about it all day. Like, nobody Mm, probably knew about this mm until two days later. Or like, or they never found they out. Never out. They probably didn't even know that Horace. No, died. they're probably just like sitting around a Horace campfire. They're like, you're that fella Horace died. Horace, who? Never mind. <laughs> Are yeah. you still hungry? Are we still eating elk? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> they were like, it's fine. Yo, I, that was a great story, Carla. There's trials and tribulations throughout history, and we are further than we were, in some ways, and not in other ways. But you know, that's just. That's history. We're just going a circle. (laughs) We do. (laughs) Is time a straight line? Is it a circle? We'll never know. Um. (laughs) Oh, okay. Hold on. Sorry. Oh, Lena's been busy. Okay. Okay. So Oklahoma has been projected as a Republican. Uh, And for Missouri and Tennessee, Texas projected Republican, but not surprisingly. Um, she says it's honestly really close. Yeah, I'm looking Utah. I'm like looking at the map as we. As, oh, ooh, Utah just came in. Republican, Republican yeah. Uh, New Hampshire for Biden. So currently, now I think we're at one thirty-five. Biden, Trump, one one five. Yeah. That's but okay. I don't know. Like, I mean, <laughs> that map is looking awfully red. <laughs> <laughs> it does look like the Democrats are expected to win the House, so that's good. Which they already, I think, they were in the House already yeah. as a majority. But so that's good. So they kept that. 
Good job. Hey, good job. And Texas and Florida look like they'll be going to Trump. And but we're still waiting on to get any projections or any sort of like uh, insight into Washington, Oregon, Idaho, Nevada, and California. Uh, re- remembering right. that California has a 55 count. They have the highest um, count in the country for uh, uh, the Electoral College. Electoral. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. All right. Do you have a news? Well, this is the news story. <laughs> I feel like we are. This yeah, is the we're news doing story. like live updates. Um, it couldn't get more <laughs> newsier. So I thought we'd skip that because we spent 45 years yeah, nice. on uh, the psychology. I love that the psychology of this episode was us just having a breakdown. Yeah. It was like a... That's psychology. <laughs> we're just, you, you're basically just... This is free therapy. You literally listen to us just like experience an existential crisis. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but you, I, I'd love to get into the drink with you. All right. I'm excited. This is a this good is one. This is fun. Um, and, you know, it's funny because... You picked it because, like, uh, it's like a big joke that, like, the Russians are running the... Well, it's not a joke. It's like a, you know, it might, be, might the be the truth that the Russians are running your election, but probably not. <laughs> but that's such, like, an American thing. And yeah. uh, where was the white Russian uh, invented? You guessed it. Not in Russia. In the States. <laughs> Much like the idea that the Russians are running the election. It's just been created in the States. I'll read you a little blurb, my friend, from Liquor.com. Um, the white Russian came about in the 60s when someone added a bit of cream to the black Russian, rendering it white. Neither drink is actually right. Russian in origin, but the name refers to the vodka, a spirit often associated with Russia. It would be a great story to say that the white Russian star rose from the, that point on, but unfortunately that is not true. The truth is the white oh. Russian suffered a bit, bit from stodgy, antiquated reputation until the 1998 movie the big lebowski yeah came along and breathed new life into the cocktail with jeff bridges characters the dude sipping it exclusively and constantly it's a popular it's one of pop culture's best drinks related to success right up there with carrie bradshaw's impact on the cosmo of course if you don't like to order it like the dude, throw the occasional call for the Caucasian. The barkeep will know what you mean. Or if you do want to order it like the dude, uh, call it the Caucasian and the barkeep will know what you mean. Yeah. When making the white Russian at home, choose a decent vodka. A Russian one if you want to stay on theme. A good heavy cream, half and half, can work in a pinch. But milk will produce a thin uh, drink. Remember, hmm. you're aiming for decadence. It's kind of like a little, uh, <laughs> it's truly like a little milkshake. In yeah. in the white Russian goes two ounces of vodka, one ounce of Kahlua, one splash of heavy cream. And there are certain steps that you should do it in. Add the vodka and Kahlua in an old-fashioned glass with ice and top it with heavy cream and stir. I made it Canadian and I put some Coke in there. So I, <laughs> because the, Isn't that a black Russian? No, that's a paralyzer. Oh, but uh, I just couldn't stand the fucking thought of drinking a glass of milk. So I, well, I, yeah, I was a little nervous about this too, but I really only put a splash of the, I got fat-free cream. Oh, I got like um, 18% it, baby. Oh yeah. And I, like, I put in a very little mountain. It's, uh, I put in a lot of vodka, so <laughs> it's mostly just Kahlua and vodka. <laughs> um, do you know what's funny? And it's already almost gone. It's so delicious. 
Um, the funny thing, I'm looking at a picture on this website, and it's like it's showing like what to do, like the vodkas to put in there, like choose a Russian vodka, and then they just have a bottle of Grey Goose, which is a French vodka. <laughs> which again, the Americans are always. It's also a very fancy vodka for them throwing milk in. Yeah, coffee liqueur in. I was gonna say I wouldn't like. <laughs> I wouldn't throw coffee you're liqueur Grey Goose in for a... something else. Yeah, you're like, um, do you have any? I'm not. I'm looking for anything not below a Belvedere. They're like, <laughs> are you sipping it? You're like, no, I'm mixing Kahlua and milk. Oh, yeah, so you can't taste it at all. Yeah, yeah. Anyway. It's a, actually, I love the White Russian, and I love that it was. Um, it just obviously just made in the states. Much like every insane theory <laughs> that the Russians are watching them, it's like yeah. the Cold War never ended. But no. I mean, they are watching them. They do know that, but yeah, uh, and they are influencing the election. I don't know, you know, to what Putin's certainly not more than China is. Like, they're they were saying, no, like, but at least in the twenty sixteen election, he had a pretty big, big hand on the oh, on the yeah, I don't on know, the Trump on the Trump. Yeah, so that's so it the, for the white Russian. Make it at home; it's good. Right. And if you don't like all that milk, throw some Pepsi in there. Have a paralyzer, color it a day. Yeah, yeah. And don't worry about the milk thing. I think that was, I was thinking it was like a really heavy amount, but it's really just a splash. Yeah, it's not, you're so. not really supposed to put a ton, like a shot, probably a shot yeah. of milk in there. Whoa, big news. Biden's up to 209 here. Ooh. So there's uh, 209, Trump's at 119, and there is 210 uh, available seats left or uh, electoral college votes. Right. Each party has flipped one seat. Dems need a net gain of three to four seats to win the majority. Hmm. Um, I don't know what that means. No, I don't either. Let's go back to talking about the Royal Russian. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A little fact. Oh, Um, yeah, facts. You were talking about how it has no connection to Russia. Even the Black Russian, I guess, was actually made for an American ambassador in Luxembourg by a Belgian. So (laughs) a lot of different places involved. None of them Russian. None of them seem to be Russian. Yeah. And actually, Kahlua uh, has 25% more caffeine than regular coffee. So you may want to switch this out for your regular coffee. I don't think I knew that. Yeah, I didn't know either. I'm like, I'm like, I feel so alive. Everything is great. Yeah, this might be my tomorrow, especially considering how this, you know, depending on how this uh, election goes, this might be my new coffee. Uh, my uncle said the funniest thing in the world. He goes, yeah, I, I uh, put a little Baileys in my coffee because we ran out of cream. I was like, did you run out of cream in 2005? <laughs> because I've never once seen you with a coffee with no Baileys in it. So that's a question I ask myself a lot of mornings when we're running out of milk. I'm like, is this a morning I could technically put Baileys in? Because trying to figure out what the difference, like, because cause could you have put Baileys in this? Well, I don't know if you've ever heard of B52 before. Mm-hmm. And it's coffee. The band. Oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> are they Locomotion or are they Love Shack? No, Love Shack. Yeah, Love Shack. I'm what? Tin roof. Rusted. It's Kahlua, Bailey, Grand Marnier. Stacked on top of each other. That might be nice. We'll have to. Maybe we'll figure a way to break that in. Like tomorrow morning, pair it. Yeah, <laughs> all right. I'm gonna we'll pa- be exploring all the different coffee hey, liqueurs tomorrow morning. <laughs> life pairings with bringing what's the thing tomorrow morning and whatever's in my cabinet. How about that? <laughs> yeah, 
Um, I have some other interesting facts Hit me. for uh, election-y things. Okay. All right. The hero of the world, New Zealand, gave women the right to vote back in 1893. Oh, wow. Yeah. So this B could have run. I mean, she would have been a few years early, but. Yeah. In, okay, so then to compare that, in 1914, Manitoba gave women the right to vote. Manitoba coming up with Crown Royal and the right to vote. Yes. Double down. <laughs> and then Saskatchewan and Alberta did it in 1916. Uh, and then federally it came in in 1918. Okay. So Alberta yeah. was oddly ahead of the curve on this. I know. Let's, uh, speaking of all this switching around with liberal and conservative <laughs> things. What? Almost like you can't just have like a binary rule for everything. Yeah. Um, but, bad Canada, uh, not till 1940 could women in Quebec vote in provincial elections, and not till 1960 could Indigenous people vote without getting up, giving up their treaty rights. Jesus. So, yeah, all right. <laughs> elections, am I right? <laughs> Fun, more drinky. Um. Uh, Puerto Rico actually holds a vote every four years as to whether as to whether to remain in the Commonwealth of America. Yeah. So, I was like, "Well, what the fuck did they vote like post 2016?" Apparently, 97 percent to stay as an incorporated territory, an incorporated territory, which is what they are now. Right. So, even though they had a really bad hurricane and everyone went crazy, and the president treated them like shit. They still he, want to be part of America. Yeah, he chucked paper towels at them. Yeah. Uh, Jehovah's Witnesses don't vote because their allegiance is to God alone. <laughs> you know so. what? That's the thing, though. If you find a hat in the forest and it tells you to fucking not vote, <laughs> you gotta follow them rules, baby. So. <laughs> uh, also, North Korea holds elections every five years. Uh, North Korea does. Yes. Interesting. <laughs> At gunpoint? <laughs> <laughs> there's only one name on the ballot. Oh, so. yeah. But you know what? They're they're giving them a little... It's sort of... The intention is there. Yeah, the intention <laughs> is more sinister than the actual action. Yeah. Because you know what? That's like... Uh, I just wanted to remind you in a very... <laughs> logistical fashion <laughs> that you don't have a choice here yes yes oh, or that man. you made that choice you chose to keep me oh my god that's the mind games <laughs> you're like your hair is cut the same as them you're fucking oh yeah oh god so yeah so that's some interesting facts about the election we still don't know who's won um but we hope everyone is yeah. happy with the decision that is now out yeah it'll be thursday when this airs so you're getting Mm -hmm. kind of like uh, our reaction to what was happening which uh, was scattered scared (laughs) sad (laughs) a little drunk um a little drunk but yeah i mean uh congratulations to kanye west uh who won the election and is now president of the united states (laughs) Uh, he made some real good points actually the other day that i was like you uh could be in contention for this (laughs) Oh my! He's also made some very bad points. Oh boy, he also made the point that Taylor Swift was <laughs> his arch nemesis. <laughs> yeah, you nemesis. don't be mean to Taylor Swift. I just, I, I just would pick a more aggressive arch nemesis. I think he, I think he has a couple of arch nemesis. Arch oh. nemesis. 
MSCs. Plural. MSCs. Yeah. Well, Carla, what do you say? Well, this was fun. This was a good one. I um, um, Oh, we should mention we have a new Patreon. We do have another Patreon, and her name is Jody. And she's Thanks, Jody. Our friend, and we love her. And she lives in Hawaii, so um, yeah, she'll she be voting vote, last. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> She'll be voting in four hours here. So, uh, thank you, Jody, and thank you to all our Patreons who have been um, mm. stepping it up and being part of the. Um, we don't have a name our for little, it yet. Our, yeah, our little pairings group. Um, we'll, we should just call Alcohol. them the. <laughs> we should just call them the alcoholics. Like you know, like <laughs> stuff. They're like, like I know, like the murder podcast I listen to has the fan cult and like the oh, yeah, yeah. all kinds of different stuff. Uh, we'll just call Margarinos. our Patreons. Yeah, murderinos. Ours will just be like alcoholics. <laughs> <laughs> That's terrible. Nobody's going to want to join. You guys, you could be an alcoholic too. <laughs> <laughs> Yay. You join our Patreon. Um, there's uh, different levels, $5, 10 $15. Everything helps so much. And it uh, just keeps us able to continue to do this. Buy expensive liqueurs <laughs> to make <laughs> Some drinks. Some of them are weird. Some of them are strange. And, uh, and yeah, it just keeps us uh, updated with our gear and, and all our fees paid and everything like that so we can keep bringing you fun stuff. Uh, we do this every Thursday. If you join the Patreon, you get bonus episodes every second Tuesday with a bunch of extra fun interviews and little stories and all kinds of stuff. And the more Patreons we get, the more uh, bonus features we will release and have. Uh, so thank you very much for those of you who are there, who, for those of you who are looking to become a Patreon, uh, check out our website at www.lifepairingspodcast.com. Uh, in the right top hand corner, there is a button that says Patreon, baby. Uh, if you could click it, we'd love you for it. Um, you can also follow us on Instagram and all your socials at Life Pairings Podcast. Uh, you guys, uh, happy election. Whatever yeah. happens, happens. Don't burn anything down. Just love each other. <laughs> yeah, hug someone. Yeah, pet a cat or a dog. It'll yeah. make you feel better. Hug a, hug somebody who roots for the opposite party. It'll do you good. Yeah, yeah. I bet you have something in common with them. And it shouldn't be your hate for each other. <laughs> <laughs> you guys, uh, thank you so much. We'll uh, catch you next week. Thanks, guys. Bye.